Ahoy, small fry, and welcome to episode 119 of Flux Suppose. I am Jason. Joined with me, as always, is Lucas. I'm the small fry, and also <laughs> hoy. <laughs> and welcome to the show. It's Tuesday, not Monday, because this is the special E3 edition of Ooh. Flux Suppose, uh, recording on the 14th of June. 2016. That's right. We pushed things back a day so we could recap all things wonderful happening out in Los Angeles. So that's that's really what's on the docket today. We'll have a quick speedrun edition of IRL and what you plan. An overclock remix, of course. And then we will kind of go through a quick rundown of our thoughts on the show thus far. Throw in the grab bag and we'll get out of there. Now I know what you're thinking. What? What about Netflixation? Well, Previously, we had always said, oh, we'll do Netflixation, then we'll recap E3 the following week. But that's a lot of downtime, and you people are eager for your, your E3 regurgitations because you're, you're not getting them enough other places. So we flip things up. We will be watch, re, be talking Goodbye World, the independent drama, in one week's time. So, mm-hmm. Lucas, what yes. happened this week? Or as we like to say, in real life. Um, well, let me tell you, I sold a used car. Oh, wheeling and dealing. It's true. I sold a, my used car. Well, technically my wife's, uh, her grand am is 2002. Uh, it is the car that we had before we got the Pathfinder recently, Mm -hmm. the SUV. And, uh, you know, I, it was just sitting outside in the in the driveway, and so we moved it into the garage, which you've seen my garage. It's tiny. If you put a car in there, you yeah. barely have room to walk around. So it died. It was dead when we tried to move it into the garage, and then it was dead when I tried to move it out of the garage. Oh, gosh. And so I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, we're not driving this thing at all. I'm not starting it. I, it's just sitting here rotting, basically. I said we talked about selling it and I said, I finally said, you know what? We should just sell it. And my sister was looking for a car actually. Cause she had a, another grand am that was, um, sold to her, but it was kind of a bandaid car, sort of a, I know this is a piece of garbage, but it's just going to get me through until I can get something better. Mm-hmm. And she was originally looking for something else, but she got tired of looking around. Uh, I think she was looking around Detroit and looking at ads for used cars and they would promise the world and then you'd get there and you know buy a used car from detroit doesn't it come with like a side of murder (laughs) yes if there's not bullet holes in the car then it probably didn't come from detroit um so yeah well you turn on the air conditioner and the car would just about stall out stuff like that so she got tired of looking around um you know driving two three hours to go check out other cars in other places and so she was like, can I buy your car? And I was like, yeah, the offer still stands. So I sold it to her and uh, for cash money, and uh, we got rid of it. So no more. Her name was Sandy uh-huh. after the grandma color. Uh, How, what's, how's like that song gold. go? Take a load off Sandy. That's what <laughs> it sounds like, at least. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was about to say, I think it's, and then I or is it Randy? I don't know. Denny, that's got to be from your era. Denny, help us out here. Take a load off. No, Denny. Tell, I'm telling Denny to help us because it's got to be from oh, okay. back in his day. Yeah, he would Because he, he's and, old and we're relatively young but old. Um. So, yeah, I sold the car and that, I mean, 
it went well. I, I had to wash it because it was just dirty from being outside. So I broke out my washing tools and uh, gave her a good old scrub down, cleaned the inside. And then I jokingly said to my sister, I said, you know what? I just I decided we're going to keep it. It looks a lot better after we've washed it. So we're just going to keep it now. <laughs> so uh, but all yeah, the mechanical so, problems uh, just washed away. Yeah, it's true. We we lightly buffed out all the mechanical problems, and it looks great. So, um, so yeah, we got that out of the way and uh, made some made some moolah for the old savings account going going towards the fence fund, Jason. So, oh yes, okay. Um, so yeah, that that was my big that's my big IRL thing of the week. How about you, my man? All right, so what I had here, um, yeah, most of my stuff happened uh, this weekend. My my coming up, my oldest younger brother is taking the plunge. He's getting married on Saturday, so last weekend he decided that was his last uh, hurrah here in the here in the state at least because he previously had his bachelor party out in Vegas, but got together with some friends See. that couldn't make that trip, and we he wanted to get drunk, so <laughs> we made a quick. Uh, pilgrimage around Grand Rapids and actually hit up a bunch of places I didn't I've never been to before so just in the order that we went to we started at Perrin Brewing then we went to um Gray Line which is another brewery, uh, brewery in the area opened up oh, by a former founders brewer and some other people so Gray Line then we went to Har- um Harmony Hall in East Town which I hadn't been to that's that's the second offshoot from Harmony Brewing Company they have Harmony Hall then we went to uh, Stella's for dinner, had a awesome burger, and then from Stella's we went to Tin Can, which is a little bar there, um, right by the oh, what's the club right there? Um, the Bob or not the Bob? Uh, it's the one I never go to. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, they're right down the road from Founders, anyway. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking and about. And they had all their beers served in cans and hung out there for a bit and then uh, finished the night off at Founders. So I got home at like 1 o'clock. I had a lot of good beer. It was a good time. I uh, did not overindulge, so I did not feel like death the next day. I did just have uh, wow. some, had that some noxious gas from all that craft beer rotten in your belly all night. So <laughs> that was the downside. Um, and then uh, yeah. Sunday we cleaned out our garage, which has been long overdue. So it feels good to to have that done. And that's that's really it. that's it in the real life. I, I will add that we're gonna go see X Men Apocalypse tomorrow. Oh yes, that is true. Yes. So um, got got cheapy tickets because I'm a I'm a member of the um, fine establishment known as Celebration Cinema. Well, it, when you, you, start, you, you when, you, when you started making that M syllable, I thought you were like, I'm a man. <laughs> well, I am a man. I'm forty, and uh, you're we're gonna go see. X Men Apoc, as yeah. we call it. So I'm looking forward st- to checking that out. Good. Um, you know- all right. Shall we do? I- I'm just going to run through. Then uh, I want to keep the slate clean as possible for E3. Sure. Uh, I'm going to run through my what you playing pretty quick. Um, Overwatch. I- oh, wait. My what you playing? Um, Overwatch is my main gaming focus. Yet yeah, again, surprise, surprise. And then, uh, really, the rest is with uh, television stuff. Uh, AMC, uh, Hell on Wheels, finally made its return in this final, the final half of its final season. On now Saturday that's the night. one about motorcycles, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, Cullen Bohannon is back, uh, f- and 
yeah, I can't really say too much without spoilers. So happy to have the show back. Um, you know, it's definitely been a. I think what is this? This is this the seventh? Is this its fifth? I think it's fifth season. A lot of changes and you know what has happened throughout the, the course of its production. But I'm happy to have a, the end to this story. I really love Hell on Wheels. Uh, Feed the Beast also on AMC. This is a new a new show uh, starring uh, David Schwimmer and Jim Sturgis, who you might uh, David Schwimmer you should probably know from Friends. He played Ross, mm-hmm. and then uh, Jim Sturgis was in Twenty One. You know the the poker, the blackjack movie with Kevin Spacey. Oh, okay. Uh, yep, he was yep. also in uh, Beyond the Universe, and he was what's his other? There's some other more notable film he's been in. I don't know, but the the basic premise is they are. They were friends, and uh, David Schwimmer's wife had passed, had died in a car accident, and they had these plans to open a restaurant. And then since then, you know, David Schwimmer's become uh, an alcoholic. Uh, his son hasn't spoke because his son watched the accident happen. His son hasn't talked since his mom since the accident. Uh, Jim Sturgis' character just recently got out of prison. He has like a has a coke problem, and now they're kind of connected with the, the uh, a mob sort of figure as well because um they used to work for a restaurant and J- jim jim Sturgis' character who's like a was is a cook he burned down that restaurant so he owes the mob a lot of money and now he's told basically told them that they're opening a new restaurant which as as of you know episode two you know that's finally actually going to happen so i don't know jessica and i are both on the fence about this if it's good or not so we thought it'd be kind of like first we're like oh it's ross and then we're like oh it's kind of got those those under these mob undertone type of things, so it could be these crime mm-hmm. undertones. It could be good. And it's set in, they don't know where they're going to be open. This restaurant is in the Bronx, so not like the most ideal setting, but so we'll see. We're, the verdict's still out. And then um, to wrap things up, I finished Daredevil. Oddly enough, too, much like Yay. you, I plowed through four episodes in one day and then just capped it off. So I got through it. Um, my quick thoughts. How do you is, feel? You know, I I, def- I like season one more. I think I feel like yeah. th- th- there was no real clear villain in this, or at least it, w- what there was. It, it just doesn't compare to uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as 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 Kingpin. You know, I just mm-hmm. it's yeah, so hard. Sure. It's hard to top that. But I mean, I liked I liked you know some of the further development we saw um, of Daredevil of of Matt. But I I also sometimes I grew to dislike his character. And some of the choices he was making, I sometimes I sometimes I found I I wanted to know more what was going on with Foggy and Karen and Frank Castle than I could care less. Of. Like I found like some of the until the end, like this whole offshoots with Electra were just kind of like I didn't care about. I cared much more about the Punisher plot side of the plot line. Oh hell yeah, me too. And it's just it's disappointing that like I I, I could I couldn't stand Electra. Like around episode seven or eight, I just couldn't. She, she know she just shows up. Well, Matthew, we need to do this, and it's like, oh my god! And he would just drop everything he's doing for, and it was just, I couldn't. It was really, really annoying for me. Uh, spoilers. Uh, I loved the return of Stick. I really like that character. Love that how he shows up again. And then is it just me, or is it like in the finale, like the whole way they set up things with, um, like they make this big deal about Frank Castle getting all the gear and like spray painting the armor, and then they don't show him until like the final like two seconds of the episode. Yeah, and, and he sh- I, and takes he sh- a couple of shots. Yeah, and that's it. And I was just like, nah. so, um, yeah, I like how we saw this, a lot of uh, incorporation with Jessica, the Jessica Jones side of the universe. So, um, 
Yeah, mixed bag. Overall, overall, I like it. I liked it still. It's had some good action sequences, but uh, it was a bit, a bit down from season one. But uh, all um, in all, st- still a good, a good outing. Really quick, I have a story about Daredevil actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may, I don't know if you know this. You may know this, but I did not. I was talking to Mike about it, and after I had finished uh, season two, and I was talking about the ninjas, and how I thought it was kind of silly. Like, I thought the ninjas were silly. More spoilers, by the way. I thought the ninjas <laughs> were kind of silly. I felt like they were very cartoony compared to the rest of the story of what's going on. Even Electra, I was fine with. But, like, this whole league of ninjas that are secretly working inside the city, I just, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little cartoony. And so I, w- I had mentioned that I felt like it was kind of like the Foot Clan from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And Mike had said that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were originally conceived as a joke based off from Daredevil. And that's why there's so many, um, there's so or as a parody of Daredevil or making fun of Daredevil. And that's why there were so many similarities. Like the, I think the Ninja Clan is called the Hand in Daredevil. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. you get the Foot Clan and the ooze that makes um, Daredevil blind is the ooze that brought the turtles to life or, you know, made them, um, or the chemical. It's supposed to be the ooze. So all these little things. So I was like, oh, that totally makes sense now because, yeah, the the hand is, I don't, they're just, I don't know. I, I guess there's something kind of weird about having, like, just your stereotypical Japanese or Asian uh, ninja clan <laughs> it just kind of seems uncouth i guess so yeah did you know that did you know that it was a, I, a no. kind of a I had, I had no idea joke thing yeah i like so it I though that was neat i yeah. like it a lot a lot this means so, though lucas that my slate yes. is clean to finally start halt and catch oh. fire yes you must you so, must i haven't yet watched bust. uh silicon valley this week so that's the downside i gotta watch that yet so uh, that, Ooh, that's speaking good. of which, that'll do it for me uh, this week on what you plan. All right. Well, I'll get to Silicon Valley in a second. But first, uh, I finished Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, I I streamlined it, man. I said, you know what? F all the freaking crap that you can do outside of the main game. I'm just going to focus on the missions. I'm not going to do all these assassins contracts and all this other bullshit. And I figured out that I don't give two shits about Assassin's Creed anymore. That's why it was so difficult for me to, to, there's nothing keeping me going. And like, there was, um, there was a YouTube video I was watching. It was like, however many, like eight questions that keep us up at night about gaming. And one, one of them said, why does Abstergo keep making entertainment in the game world? Um, Abstergo is the the company that is run by the Templars, which are the mortal enemies of the Assassins, which is what you almost always play as. Why do they keep making games about or like movies or whatever they're doing about Assassins and how awesome it is to be an Assassin? And every character that you play as is some... badass assassin that keeps killing Templars and stuff. So I don't know. The whole story is just really convoluted at this point. It's like Metal Gear Solid levels of, well, not crazy, but just hard to follow. And there's a lot of files to read and other bullshit to, to look at. And I just don't give, I don't have enough time for this crap. 
the gameplay is fine. Like, it's fun, actually. It's just, I don't have enough patience to do all the crap that they wanted me to do. Although, I will say, once I finally got a new controller uh, that isn't broken, I still run up the wrong freaking walls all the time and get caught on boxes (laughs) and shit like that. It's like, no, I didn't want to climb that. Stupid free running. All I, all I know about that game is what like uh, my dad has said about that game because when my brother would be around and Chris is playing it and my dad would be like, oh, you mean this one? Incoming fire! Fire! <laughs> Incoming fire! Over and over. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep, that's the one. That's true. And you also got to duck. If if cannonballs are coming at your ship, uh, you can save your ship by ducking, brace, bracing for fire. I don't know if you knew that. So, yeah, I'm just glad to be done with it. It's not a bad game, and I don't – I mean, if other people like it, that's fine. I'm not trying to poop on it. I, I just personally will probably never buy another Assassin's Creed. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just too – it's kind of boring for me, so – and I found the story to be hard to follow too. It keeps jumping. It keeps jumping dates and people and all this other crap. So, uh, so that was pretty much my big video game thing I did. Uh, so we'll move on to television and movies. I watched Zootopia. We rent. Oh. I finally spent some of that money that I've been getting on those stupid uh, Google the surveys things. Huh? Yeah, I got. I had almost twenty dollars. It was ridiculous. Um, so. Watched Utopia. Uh, It's got good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so I was kind of looking forward to knowing that I was going to watch something that was good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I I liked it a lot, actually. It's very relevant, I would say, to today. Um, I feel like it's a little... It can be a little heavy-handed, but, I mean, it's a kid's movie, so I, I give it some leeway. But there were some jokes in there that were kind of jabs for adults, too. And so I always I always like that in kids movies when the parents and the kids can both have a good time. And uh it looks great like the lighting and everything and all the fur effects and everything look awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I would recommend it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but yeah, the story is is I mean, you could probably see what's going to happen, but it's still pretty cool and they have enough little things here and there that it makes it interesting to watch. So I would recommend that and uh you know, along the veins of, I, I still think Inside Out's better, but it this one comes close as well. Uh, speaking of fast tracking things, I blazed through Silicon Valley. Yeah, you did. I am. Are you current? In Silicon I was gonna say, Valley. my guess was, are you current now? <laughs> yep, yep. Except for if they released a new episode in season three. Um, yes, I've watched all of it and I don't know why I've waited so long. So good to watch it. It is so, so good. good. It, I, it's been a while. The only other this this is up there with um, Last Man on Earth for me as far as comedy goes. Like the the both shows make me laugh. Um, this one makes me laugh. I love it. I. It's amazing. I can't remember one of the writers for the movie or for the show is um, somebody who I would not have guessed would work on this. Uh, show like they've done some stuff that I don't really care for to be honest with you oh, and wow. I, I didn't find funny um, I can't remember who it is but uh, I yeah I don't know it's just not only is it funny but it's also a really interesting look into the business side of things as far as like starting your own app and being in the middle of Silicon Valley and all of that stuff like it really 
I feel like it really knows what it's talking about when it brings up a lot of these. Like, for instance, I think about when he gets a check from that guy who backed who backed them, that horrible, crazy guy who has the Lamborghini and all that stuff. <laughs> this um, guy fucks. <laughs> yeah, and, and he was right. He was yeah. right. Um, Spoiler. And, yeah. And, um... Oh, God. So he goes to cash this check, and, um... What's his name? Uh, Richard. Doesn't have Richard a business Hunter. account. Like, he's just gonna cash like a what was it five hundred thousand dollar check or something yeah. into his personal account and the the banker's like i can't cash this to into a personal account and like he has no clue like yeah. he's he's very smart he can make this app and everything but he has no clue what it means to run a business and it it just i don't know i i enjoy that aspect of it as well as like the humor and comedy that comes along with it so yeah, I'm glad that you told me to watch this. I don't know why I waited so long, but I'm kind of glad I did because I got to watch a bunch of episodes. I didn't have to wait, and um, I got to enjoy it one episode after the other, and I did so. Nice. And then uh, finally today. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, this was kind of like a this, – this developed over today. Uh, Mike messaged me and was like, hey, have you seen Warcraft yet? And I was like, no, just thinking that he was going to – tell me how awful it was or whatever, which we already knew. Um, I was like, no. And he's like, Oh, do you want to go see it? I was like, sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went and saw it and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's going to see it or regardless of whether or not you think it's going to be good or bad. Uh, it's still, I don't you know, want to do that to you guys, but I will say that it's, is an interesting movie to pick apart because my God, it is a train wreck. There are, if you're interested in film in writing in general, really, um, but specifically writing for film, this movie is something to look at as far as picking it apart and looking at the script and going, my God, what happened? Because uh, without giving too much away, I will say that I cared more about the orcs, which as far as I can tell are supposed to be somewhat of the bad guys, than I did about any real character that was flesh and bone. Because everything that was fake was, aw- well, I won't say was awesome, but it was good. Everything that was real sucked balls. And, <laughs> like, everything from the casting decisions to, like, the way that actual armor on people look... Like they almost went too literal with like you, you think of a a sword from Warcraft and they're kind of chunky and they, they have a very stylized look. Well, as a, as a person who is supposed to wield something like that, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like it works right. So, but when you're in the CG world, everything fits because all of the proportions and everything are normal as far as Warcraft goes, you know, it has the quality of uh, World of Warcraft new expansion launch trailer or whatever. So the reason why I say you should look at this from a script perspective is because there are a lot of parallels that happen to both sides, the orcs and the humans. A lot of story point points that happen on both sides and they happen almost exactly the same. But I never gave a damn about what happened to the main human character. And all I ever cared about was the main orc character because his 
story they wrote in a way and presented in a way that was actually um, interesting and I cared about the character and I couldn't I didn't give two shits about the human side at all. No, it's and it's weird. so I've, weird. I've noticed like from critically this movie's failing, but it seems like for the most part the fan side of things it's resonating well. So I'm interested to well, see if for someone that's like if you're a very much a Warcraft fan if you'll be able to see through all of the the problems and just enjoy it as a Warcraft fan service. And uh, that's kind of what I had to do. Like they did the orcs look great. Uh like they're some of the best CG characters I've seen in a long time. Um and they are very I mean almost like I said to a fault they are uh loyal to the Warcraft brand and everything looks the way that it should mm-hmm. but the way that they brought things together I think it almost looks like two separate movies it really does I would have preferred just all CG movie that probably would have been so much better at least from a cohesive standpoint so okay. yeah this is a really interesting one to watch if you're interested in like looking at why a movie didn't do well the the there are you'll pick something out no matter what it is i mean you'll pick something out and you'll go okay i see what they did wrong here and you know if they make a second warcraft movie maybe they'll they'll fix some of these things but um yeah i it's 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 baffles me to see i liked the movie and i laughed at the movie at at the same time it's so weird i have mm. mixed emotions about it so yeah, go check it out for yourself. Um, I I would encourage you not to, you know, run out and see it right away or anything. Right. But it definitely is interesting to check out. So um, I'm glad I did. At the end of the day, I'm glad that I watched it. So good. Yeah, I I have I hope to see it at some point in its theatrical release. I just do not know uh, when that will be. I was clearly Jessica has no desire to see this. I could probably. Uh, my brother would probably go see it, uh, but he's a little busy this week. So and the next week. So, um, yeah, maybe just the, a maybe bit. <laughs> maybe the end of the month. We'll see. All right, that I think that wraps up what you plan. How about yes, uh, before we do the whole E three extravaganza? Shall we do an overclocked remix? Ooh, yes. Let's. Um, now we. I think we have a little bit of apologizing to do i feel like after last week's um naughty wheel of yeah of remix well, because i'll just i'll just grab the highlight straight from the community grab bag i could have gone another 47 years without hearing this week's flexible overclock <laughs> remix funny you question people returning after it this really is the Aww. first one i ever went what the fuck that was truly horrid and i ask you please pre-screen future remixes wow um Kevin, that was from Denny. Uh, Kevin responded, I'm right there with you. I re- literally just heard it. My ears are still bleeding. Where do I email my medical bills? The show at <laughs> flexibles.com. And God, I would hate to be that. I agree. I, I didn't even make it all the way through this one. I listened to it when I did my you know my weekly scan of the episode after it's released. I, I tried, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to the remix. I got like maybe a, a minute into it. I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm good. Oh man, that's too bad. Well, I, well, it's not too bad, but it is kind of odd to me that, um, like, they have a screening process. You know what I mean? And it just seems a little bit too outside of of the box to yeah to 
Who approved that bad, one? Uh, Who approved that one? Larry? Let's see. Yeah. <sighs> That's what I want to know. Um, helps if I click on the song. Luker. It was Luker, right? Luker. Um, Luker. Luker. <laughs> oh gosh, it was. It's. Oh, it's just it's evaluated by the judges. By so. judges. We're not told. Well, there's like ten people, twelve people on the panel, and each one of them is equally guilty. Well, anyway, so send your medical medical bills uh, to them at overclockremix at google dot com. Uh, shall we? Shall we spin the wheel? Yes, I'm spinning it, and I'm You're spinning, spinning it, it, and I'm spinning it. Spin it, spin it, spin it, spin it. I'm spinning it, it real good. <laughs> I look like that guy who is um, pulling the the horn, the air horn for the football <laughs> game, and he was like super excited about it, but it looked like he was actually masturbating. All right, so we got uh, Mambo number nine. Even though I know it's actually five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The Guardian Legend, Miria's Ascent by Platonist. I have no idea what this game is. I don't know either. Um, It's an NES game. Came out in 1988. Uh, The songs featured are Password Continue and Rescue the Earth. This one was evaluated by DJ Pretzel. So I... I, um, Okay, I can confirm it's it's not ear splitting, at least. Okay, so we got... got, uh, Chiptune, uh, energetic, quirky synth, tempo yeah. variable. So Gosh. Yeah, this one should be a, uh, a leg up. Guardian Legend released what? 1988 by Broderbund on the NES. Oh, Broderbund. Oh, bro- wow. There you what go. What the hell? Muria's wow. Ascent. Very good. Yes, sir. Well, let, let's hope we bounce back from last week with Muria's Ascent. You can find this one and a lot more at ocremix.org. And we'll be back just after this to do some E3.
so you know rather than full details we've kind of we condensed things a little bit but if you remember a couple shows ago we had said you know hey send us our e3 your e3 predictions and we do have a couple of those to show to share before we actually get into it so uh these all came from twitter and starting off with uh sean capri uh the host of the the we we the gamer podcast and he does another podcast too i can't remember quite the name of it but uh his prediction was no announcement for PS4 Neo. Sony will focus on VR, new games, half-step console with money, already announced hardware plans. Which he he then as soon as Sony had announced that they were weren't bringing it to E3, he totally nailed that one. <laughs> uh, and there was a you know a, a quick little back and forth conversation between him and uh, Chris Breadfan Thirty Five, who's a host on the Married to the Games podcast. And Neo will absolutely be announced. I'd be shocked otherwise. And then uh, they had a a little bit of back and forth, and Sean was like, "I like to make you know predictions that are out there predictions that no one else is gonna is gonna do." So then, you know, Chris is like, "Oh, okay, NX won't be there because Nintendo will announce NX as an app on PS4, Xbox One, PC. They're only publishers now." <laughs> and the last one came from Kevin uh, from uh, PSVG. Uh, Nintendo will continue to underwhelm its fans and only highlight a game that is year away and probably be better on NX. So. <laughs> that one's a little more grounded in realism, but uh, pretty uh, Sean nailed that about uh, PS4 Neo because they they had come out and said that you know it won't be at uh, won't be at E3, but they did confirm its existence. So those were our E3 predictions. Thank you, gentlemen, for sending those our way. Uh, I didn't make any. I don't think you made any either, Lucas. We're just no. Not... I think we just said what we were looking forward to uh, seeing. Yeah. All right. So what we thought we would do here is kind of give you the, our for each each of individual conference. This will be being the third parties and the the major studios, um, the best and worst of each, and then like our most least anticipated. Um, from each of those shows and then kind of what we thought that that show, how that show did as a whole. Uh, so we'll start off in order of their, their appearances. So that would be EA. Now this yes. is the, I, I will just know like, unlike in years in the past, like last year, I don't think I watched any of the conferences. You know, I was like, I watched the Nintendo digital event, but this year I did watch all of them except EA. I didn't, uh, Oh, okay. I didn't. I, I didn't make a point because it was on. A, you know, it was at a weird time. It was like what Sunday afternoon at like four or five p.m. Yeah, I think. it was. So just, it, well, I don't even think they. I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but something about them not being a part of the actual E3. I'm not sure. Not not oh, that they. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't actually have space at E3. They mm-hmm. rented something close or something. Oh, that's I'm right. not not sure exactly what it is. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Too. Uh, I just get a feeling too that we're going to see a lot of reduce E3. I think E3 as its its days as what it was are numbered. I think we're going to see it kind of reduced. Like now now you know we're getting a little bit of a tangent here, but now you're seeing every every studio kind of has their own thing anywhere. Anyway, you know, yeah, um, you know, like uh, Blizzard has BlizzCon, uh, PlayStation has their—I can't remember—they have their own PlayStation experience. They have that. Mm-hmm. I can't recall if Microsoft has something, but I think we're going to see more of a trend, at least with the like the the major, uh, you know, like your 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 producers, your your Microsofts, your Sony, your, your Nintendo, you know, have the have their own own event things, and then, um. 
I, I mean, this kind of leaves like you know Bethesda and things like that out. But then again, Bethesda has QuakeCon. Yeah, you know, and that's always been that's always been their big thing when they've announced you know their Wolfenstein's or their 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 big shooter titles. But so I think we might see a trend of reduced involvement in in A three as we go. Because if you look back to you know look back to the nineties and stuff like that and the early two thousands, it was this huge thing, and now it's kind of its presence, its impact is has been lessened. I think as we go, and that I think a lot of that has to do with just technology, too. I mean, now we're at a point where you can stream something to households all across the world, which, you know, years ago that wasn't, you know, quite possible. So mm-hmm. uh, be that as it's made. So, okay, so EA, uh, we'll, yeah. I will give a quick rundown of what, I mean, what they did show. Uh, we we had announcements in, you know, it, trailers or some gameplay for the following. Titanfall 2, Mass Effect Andromeda, Madden 2017, FIFA 17, um... What is FE? Why Fee? can't I remember that? It was that the oh. indie-looking game Fee. almost. Oh, okay, okay. That's why, again, I apologize because I didn't watch this one. Uh, we had a, a montage of Star Wars between DICE, Visceral, and Respawn, and then Battlefield yeah. 1. So, um, all right. So, let's see. What my, 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 I guess, I guess the best and worst, I think it is going to go right in line with my most and least anticipated I think uh, what they did best was probably, or what I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna even throw out the best. We'll just go most and least anticipated. Yeah, I yeah, that's kind of um, I kind of meant as them to be both kind of the same. Yeah, as well, so. I, I'd say my most anticipated after this is I guess Titanfall two, simply because okay. I would say Mass Effect, but because I I haven't you know we all know this I've not played Mass Effect. It's just been my. <gasps> My my shame series I struggle with. Room. That's not my my top thing. Titanfall two though uh, looks to be exact like where we're getting what has been improved improved upon. There's a single player campaign. It looks like Titanfall again. And when, when I was watching this, like man, why did I stop playing Titanfall? Because it just looks like something cool. Like it's a shooter, and then there's these giant mechs you jump into. And they and talk- <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I guess my least anticipated is probably um, not counting the sports would be like Battlefield, Battlefield One. I'm just not really call me crazy. I'm just not excited about that. But I I will say what they did worst of this was Star Wars. I think they missed a really a huge opportunity by not having like anything to show for mm-hmm. of these new Star Wars games that have been in development. Lucas, what about what about you? Yeah, uh, well, my most anticipated is obviously going to be Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> because, gosh, you know. Okay, I think EA, I'm guessing they just bought a license to use the Frostbite engine in every single game that they're making because I swear everything is in the Frostbite engine. And damn, this game looks awesome as far as that's concerned, as far as graphics go. But uh, yeah, that I'm pumped for this game. I love Mass Effect. I think it might be, if not my one of my most favorite franchises, at least in the top three. So, oh, yeah. I am totally pumped for this. Um, I'm well, and I'm also just curious because it's not following. It's not number four. You know what I mean? It's not following the trilogy. It's a different timeline, I think even. So uh, I'm just curious to see, can it hold up almost like star Wars or star Trek or something like that, where you get beyond the, it's like the expanded universe is the way I'm looking Mm -hmm. at it. So I'm curious to see if that can hold up. Uh, least anticipated, I mean, I'm going to have to just say 
the sports stuff just because I really feel like that's a console arena and I am consoleless. So, uh, yeah. I know it's kind of a cop-out, but, like, I wouldn't mind playing FIFA 17. I think they actually have that on PC, but I never will. So, at yeah. least I could see it's, myself it, buying Battlefield 1 or yeah. Titanfall 2. It's cool they're bringing that whole the career mode to it, you know, with the story and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess it, it's odd because I've always been a shooter fan. I don't know why I can say I'm, I'm like, not that geeked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, based on like when I watched the trailer, I mean, it looks cool. I think like the the whole sequence with the the biplanes and the blimps and the machine gun air combat looks awesome. It's just I don't know. I just uh, I just I guess I don't see myself playing it that much. I guess that's the thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. easy to see something like that and be like, okay, I could buy it, but who am I going to play it with? Yeah. That's the my biggest yeah exactly buying it. Yep. So so. Uh, well, the show as a whole, as far as my impressions went, I mean, I thought it started, you know, kicked off E3 just fine. It, Like you said, it was kind of like the outlier. It kind of felt like it was a th- the before the show thing for some reason. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to agree with you. If you got a property like Star Wars and that's what you show, like, yeah, you have a lot of talented people who are excited to work on games for it, but... I mean, really, all they showed was the um, battlefield, or not battlefield, battlefront expansion stuff, kind of. And then, hey, we have two. Basically, yeah, we have two games that are up and coming from Visceral, which I am interested to see what they do because pretty sure right. they did Dead Space. But then, um, yeah, we're, we know but, we're getting some sort of third person. At yeah, least this is somewhat open world Star Wars game. And then what's and I don't know what respawns working on. I don't even they think they really... even yeah I don't even think they really mentioned it. Let's see what the um, um we'll have links for everything basically that they talked about. It all links to IGN because I just literally stole everything off from their website. So all credit for these these things go to um, IGN. But yeah, it doesn't really say it because it was mixed in with other footage is the issue. Yeah. Um. So it's all mixed together, and you can't really tell what it is. There, no further details are known at this time. Yeah. It's a third-person action game. That's all it says. So. I also wonder if now are we going to see um, Battlefront uh, annualized? Are we going to see a version of Battlefront every year, or, or DLC every six months? Or that's I mean, what I, I, I guess think. I think I guess that's cool. I, I mean, it's not cool, but I guess it is too. Like they got the, you know the whole season pass. And they're they're you know trickling in content, but I don't like I haven't I, I haven't and I don't I just I still have the base game and I don't I probably won't as much as I want to play on more maps and different modes I don't enjoy Battlefront enough to invest money into it. Yeah, like that I'm... game that game the game's a little bit too there, there's a little too much frustration factor and it, I I've gotten past the whole that it you know that it's just Star Wars. You know, yeah, yeah, it, it it I get my fix of Star Wars if I just log in and play the base content. I don't need to spend mm-hmm. any more money on it. There's nothing they probably can add that would make me want to spend more money on uh, yeah. on that. Unfor- well, not unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I feel like if you have a property like Star Wars, you you got to pimp that thing for all it's worth and. Like you said, it was hey we're we're doing some we're doing some great stuff with Star Wars. Look, yeah. 
here's a trail. There was a day when you had even if you even if you didn't have anything done for your game, you had to have a trailer done for E3 so that you could show it off, which I think is kind of set the precedence for um all these computer generated trailers for uh for games that mm-hmm. don't show you any gameplay whatsoever. Yeah. That's that's what I I very much opposed against. I don't get excited about any of that crap and it's just like if that's all I'm going to get, what's the point? Yeah. You know. Um well, let's move on. Let's move on to the Bethesda. Sure. Uh they had a uh Quake Champions Fallout 4 DLC, uh Skyrim Special Edition Prey, Doom DLC and Dishonored 2. Uh, I guess we can lump. Can we lump into that with Fallout Four? Didn't they mention too? Like, was Fallout VR announced at that point too, or was that? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was because they also talked about the Shelter Fallout Shelter yeah. game or whatever as well. Yeah. So, um, this is this one was kind of a mixed bag for me because I'm not too into everything Bethesda has to offer anyway. Uh, but it was cool to see. I mean, to, I guess for me the top the top billing here is have a new quake game and have quake come back and it's on pc and it's you know going to be arena shooter and kind of homage to all great things that quake has been i mean quake is a a, a long storied franchise but it's really one of the the key key points in the gaming timeline i mean quake quake 3 arena had a lot of fun with that and i mean if it wasn't for quake that type of gameplay we would see a lot of games not exist to this day and i mean as old as that is, look how popular even was it uh, Quake Live is, you know? Yeah. Until they really changed the structure of it being a free-to-play experience, but uh, be that as it may. And I'd say my least exciting thing is probably Skyrim Special Edition. Just, <laughs> uh, you know, for people that want to go back and play Skyrim, I guess that that's, you know, I you're, you're going to be pumped about this, but I, I don't, if like, I don't know if I could go back and play it with a game that's that engrossing and it has that much going on. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know uh, the like the the updates would be enough to I could slog through it again. It just seems like a large a lot of a lot to commit to, to for a little payout. Now they did also say that you know they're going to have mod support on consoles for the first time, so that that's really cool too to get that side of the experience to, to console players that that's always been there on on PC. Um, but as a whole, I like what they, I I really I like what Bethesda did. I think they had you know they get they structured some new stuff coming out for Doom, um, Prey is back from the dead and completely kind of reimagined. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I I would as of right now I would put I just going by what we talked about Bethesda would be notched above EA uh, in my book. Uh, what about you, Luke? Um. Yeah, I mean, like you said. Uh, well, here, my most, I guess my most anticipated thing, really, I kind of was a little enchanted by Prey, to be honest with you. I The first it, one was, the one I've played was really cool. I don't remember where I played it at or how much I played of it, but the original Prey was, like, well, pretty does crazy. This, does this have anything to you, do with that? Were you, I, I don't think so as much because you're wasn't your character am i can totally confuse wasn't your character native american yes yeah you were or no was that pariah <laughs> that might have been pariah i don't remember um let's let's look it up so pray well because that's the uh, that's immediately what i was thinking was why is it named 
after a game that has already came out. Because originally it was Prey 2, and I thought, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, so Prey was the one that uh, was a first-person shooter that you could walk on those uh, the floors and it would you mm-hmm. could go like up the wall and on the ceiling and all that crap. Oh yeah, um, so he is a, a Cherokee garage mechanic and former U.S. Army soldier. Uh, there you go. It's okay. So does but this? Does that... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm watching the trailer and I mean I guess the guy looks like he could be. Kind of has this weird like mix of racial ethnicities going on here. So it's kind of hard to tell. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It just like he keeps waking up and it's the same day. And there's like this, I don't know. There's this whole mystery about it, but it's so vague that it really could just be like you said, pray to, or I mean, if it is, then I I, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the gameplay of it. So, I mean, I can't, um, I can't comment on too much on what, uh, so just a quick so okay this is the sequel so yeah it is in the same line because I'm just going based on Wikipedia the sequel to the 2006 game Prey was officially announced on March 14, 2011 and okay. then it looks like it then blah 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 and then it was kind of cancelled and then yeah so okay so it looks like it's I don't know how much it's related though to that so it looks I like it is in the same reboot. yeah it's in the same vein same series at least so okay so yeah it's a reboot it is a reboot Okay. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. So that really has that kind of had me interested as far as a uh, new IP. Well, I guess kind of new IP goes. Um, you got Dishonored- a Doom demo. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I that is got true. a chance to check it out yet, but that is true. Uh, my least anticipated probably is like I don't know. Uh, I guess my my least anticipated my show rating kind of combined. They have a lot of. DLC talk like Fallout 4 DLC. I mean, I do like that they have extra content that is story driven. I do appreciate mm-hmm. that. It's not just you know the joke is like horse armor or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't know. I can't get excited about DLC. Why are you announcing DLC so much DLC at at a big show like E3. I just, I don't get it. And so like, as far as I'm concerned, the show as a whole, I feel like Bethesda, even though they did a pretty good job, they definitely started out pretty strong with the whole quake thing. I thought that was interesting. Um, and they ended strong with Dishonored too, because I mean, that game does look really cool and it, it made me really, I was like, man, I really should get on playing Dishonored one and actually finishing it. I've started it a few times, but I need to finish it. So that kind of had me a little hyped, but I don't know everything in the middle with the like the DLC and Fallout Four and Doom DLC and Skyrim Special Edition. It just felt like a, they didn't have enough content to fill an hour. To me, mm. I mean, there was a lot of dis. I, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of Dishonored Two gameplay, which yeah. I mean, it's kind it's cool to see gameplay, but when I you watch Dishonored. Some, when you watch somebody play it for like 10 minutes, you're just kind of like, yeah, when are we going to be done with this? So I did see that, uh, if you owned whatever edition of, uh, Skyrim on PC, you got the HD, you got the new version for free. Uh, I wonder if it's the, the, yeah, there's like two different cuts. on. Yeah. So, so wait for the summer sale and then buy it and then you can get (laughs) this for free. Uh, 
Um, I'll do it. All right. Let's go on to Microsoft then. Um, this Okay, this, I'm just going to throw that out there. This is one of the fir- first of the shows I didn't expect to be intrigued with. Um, I think, you True. know, last year was at this point where, you know, you, you thought Nintendo still had a, any chance in the console generation, so you were kind of more rooting for the underdog, and I wasn't really paying attention to, you know, Sony or Microsoft. And now I think in this year I came much more as a neutral standpoint and just be able to observe as from as an industry as a whole what, you know, these offerings um, could be. Mm-hmm. So our, our overview, we have uh, Gears of War 4, Battlefield 1, Forza Horizons 3, ReCore, Final Fantasy 15, Killer Instinct, Inside, We Happy Few, Gwent, The Witcher Card Game, Tekken 7, Dead Rising 4, Scalebound, Sea of Thieves, State of Decay, Halo Wars 2, and then we also had the official reveal of the Xbox One S mm-hmm. and uh, Project uh, Scorpion is it Project Scorpio? Scorpio. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so my, well, this is even, I look, let's say, so this is even a competition. My most anticipated hands down is Sea of Thieves. I think <laughs> yeah. this looks amazing. It's basically Guns of the, Guns of Icarus, the indie, like, uh, multiplayer, uh, steampunk, uh, airship battle game. It's basically that, but pirates. I think that looks. I love the art style. It immediately reminds me of some of the Monkey Island stuff that Telltale did. I just, I love it. I think it'll be a blast to blow up, like you know, go around looking for treasure and blow other ships out of the water. Uh, least anticipated, I would have to say, out of this is uh, Killer Instinct. I, no, I take that back. Final Fantasy Fifteen. I just, I watching that. I, I understand. <laughs> I have no idea. How what the, the RPG series has turned into. The last one I played was nine, and man, it, it looks cool, but it's just it's so so much different. This so is your different. grandpa's Final Fantasy, yeah. or I guess I could even say the the new consoles because it's just let's face it, I'm never going to be in the position where I'm going to be buying a six hundred dollar plus console that like I can only imagine that the uh, Scorpio is going to cost. Sure. Teraflops. It's all about the teraflops. Got to get them teraflops. Um, I just, I just, it's, it's a scary time that now the half console. Well, I mean, we've always had the slims, but now we're getting more powerful versions too. It's, it's just going to be really interesting how this is going to change things well, moving forward. You know, I was thinking about this. Not to get off on a quick, uh, too big of a tangent. I'll make it quick though. I was thinking about the the half step consoles, and I think it actually kind of makes sense. And the reason why I think that is because technology is advancing at such a quick rate that I think that it's advancing faster than they can develop an actual new console. So they're going to have to do half steps now. And I bet we're going to see more of it because, uh, I mean, like, look at 4K gaming. That just kind of shot right up within, what, like two years, it seems like. Yeah. And so it's just going to get more and more. Like, when are we going to get to 8K gaming? It's going to take, like, one year. And then they're going to do another. That'll be the next consoles will be, like, 8K gaming or something ridiculous like that. So I think it kind of makes sense from the standpoint that, you know, technology is advancing at a faster and faster rate. But No, and related to that, too, I think, you know, it it, it only makes sense, though, for the, the developers, though, because if you think about it, too, you're gonna get the the hardcore, 
the big the true fans, the early adopters that as soon as something comes like this comes along, they're going to jump on board. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the people that might have been on the fence waiting. Now all of a sudden you got this. Oh, it's a smaller like let's face it, the Xbox S is I think a much more attractive console than the original Xbox. It's smaller. Yeah. It has the in in unit uh, power brick. Just it seems like a better all around system. <clears throat> and so you've got that, but also at the same time you would think that your original base item too is going to be slashed in price. So you got this the slim coming in at 299 retail. I can only imagine we're going to see a price reduction on the standard Xbox. So again, you're going to have people that were waiting for some sort of price drop to get into. So you're getting more people into your on your console, I think, across the board because of this. Yeah. You're going to push sales across across all 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 the way on this. Um and I, I lastly I just want to add before I kick it over to you, Luke, the the biggest thing I had from this, which is probably the easily the why I was more interested about this conference. Anything else is all of a sudden, you know, Microsoft came out and say too, on half of these games, you buy it on, buy it once and you get it on both Xbox and Windows 10. So half of the, quite a few of these games are going to be playable on Windows 10 and they had their whole, you know, play anywhere initiative where, you know, have cross save and cross play. You'd be able to, you know, start a game on your Xbox, save it and then pick it up on your laptop and keep playing for wherever you saved it. It's all cloud synced. So that's cool for us as, as PC owners, I don't know how much further I'm going to continue to massively upgrade my place, my PC. But I mean, I can play. I'll be able to play. I could play if I wanted to. Gears of War with people that have an Xbox. Uh, I'll be able to play Forza. I'll be able to play uh, Sea of Thieves, uh, uh, Halo Wars. I think is you know all these games are going to be able to be playable on Windows 10. So they're really mm-hmm. unifying Xbox as between Xbox One and Windows 10. The Xbox is their gaming you know, moniker. Which is which is cool. I'm I'm happy to. It it was exciting to be feel included on uh, in this that I, I that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it kind of felt like the PC, um, <laughs> conference that we're not going to get. So, uh, did what what was your show as a whole? Did you have a show as a whole impression? Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought Xbox did a really good had a good showing. I think they came out and hit a lot of high notes. I think, you know, they had a message, their whole play anywhere. We want to give you these games and let you be able to play them wherever you want. I think they had a really good, I think they had a really good show. Um, I, I can't quite, you know, remember quite compare it to last year, how things went, but um, I think they had solid games. I think they, they showed off well. Um, I mean, this was my top showing at this point, um, but uh, I think, yeah, I think they I think they had a strong a strong show across the board. I trying to think of anything that really was kind of detrimental. Um, but at this time I think I think they had a really good I think they had a good show across the board. Cool. Um well, my most anticipated. See, it is kind of weird to think like most of this is Xbox 1 content, right? So it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to look at all this and be like Oh, I'm anticipating one of these yeah. things, but we'll think that you actually be able to play some of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that that is exciting. Um, one of the most anticipated things for for me, I think, that came out of this was, gosh, it's a toss up between um, State of the De- State of Decay Two, which um, I played the first one. I don- I had it for mm-hmm. Xbox 360, mm-hmm. and it had the bones of something great as far as a zombie game goes it just it had the whole um you knew like another version would be better 
Yeah, like yeah, it exactly. Good, it was a good start. Yeah, exactly. It had base building. It had, you know, you could take people out. You had inventory management with weapons and doling out stuff to NPCs. So it just was really cool. And I thought, you know, why not? Why not make that into a better game? So that surprised me. And then We Happy Few um, surprised me as well, because I remember when that was just uh, like they released a beta of it. And it was just you were supposed to escape the city and not get caught and found out that you weren't taking your happy pills or whatever that makes you like everybody else. But then watching this trailer, it looks like they're adding a story to it and it looks very Bioshocky and I don't know, it just looks really cool. So it's kind of between both of those, I would say um, as far as what I'm most anticipated for, because I could see myself buying either of those. See if these I am as well, but um, again, that's another one of those where I'm just like, how many people do I know that are going to play that? Um, yeah. So my least anticipated, I agree with you with Final Fantasy, but also, okay, this game called Scalebound, when it was announced, it looks like the stupidest game I've ever seen. I don't know why, I don't, the the whole, like, this kid bothers me, the fact that he wears headphones bothers me, the whole thing just looks goofy and stupid and I, I really it bugs me and I don't like it it could be a great game and I still am not going to play it because I think it looks dumb so it is completely just annoyed by it It I, I have no real good reason to hate it but um, I do and so I am not anticipated I don't anticipate that game at all I hope it is terrible <laughs> um, so for the show as a whole, yeah, this was like the first one where I was like, okay, now we're getting into some content. This, this is great. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff coming out here. The Forza game looks pretty cool. They actually showed some features from different games that was interesting and, um, kind of helped you see what they were talking about as far as integrating everyone playing. Yeah. Um, one thing that bugged me though, like I thought they had a really good, um, conference and what is it phil spencer is that his name yep yep he's a really good i don't know he does these really well he i've yeah always been impressed by him yeah i really liked microsoft since phil took over um but i think uh i don't know if you remember i texted you and i said i am getting tired of hearing xbox one and windows 10 (laughs) exclusive like after I don't know why they added that because I mean I do, but it's at the beginning of almost every single trailer, and it's of course it's some guy who's sounding like this and being really tough. And God, right. when you hear that ten times in a row or whatever, you're just like, ugh, they get end. So yeah, I thought they did great as far as you know up until this point. Like you said, I I was like, okay, this one feels like E3. So. Yeah, um, it's funny that you you bring that up too because um, yeah, Scalebound. I'm I'm really kind of iffy on it. It could be really cool, like they showed the co-op and some of the stuff like that. But uh, Platinum Games is very much um, kind of hit and miss right now, so I'm not sure what to to put a whole lot of stock in their their games lately. Cause Who is it? Kinda, uh, Platinum is the one who's, who's oh, yeah, behind they that. They sound familiar. They did. Um, the Platinum Games did the Wonderful 101. They've done um, Bayonetta. They did the Transformers game, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They worked on Star Fox. That's a we good. We forgot to mention. 
forgot to mention Bethesda about the return of Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. Oh, God. That's true. Man. Even though they both had, you know, continued their careers in other ways, but I mean, still. He looked like some kind of crazy gargoyle. It was... Just the way you're talking about the voice, too, it reminded me of, it's a four <laughs> out of five. <laughs> he did. He did. He basically went right back into that. Um yeah, with Platinum Games, you're right, because even they, like, knocked it out of the park with the Transformers game, and then I saw, I was watching people play, YouTubers, YouTubers, not people, come on, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and it basically was a lesser, less awesome version of what they did mm-hmm. for Transformers, from what I understand, yeah. so, yeah, that is a little hit or, hit or miss, so I don't know, maybe they'll this will be a hit, maybe it'll be a miss, but that, that does shed some light onto what's going on here i think so well you said that you hadn't watched uh you didn't get a chance to watch ea well i didn't really get a chance to watch all of the next one uh i ended up watching uh the next conference i ended up watching jim sterling's impressions of of because because you warned me and you said yeah that it was a snooze fest and he even he also yeah mentioned that it was way too long yeah, don't get me wrong. There's some definitely some. There's some good. There's some good hit, heavy hitters in here, but I mean this thing. Yeah, it lasted for ever. Well, what was like, it? Uh, what was it, Jason? Ubisoft. Ah, uh, like the, <laughs> I just did. It was probably because I was waiting to see like this whole two seconds of time that Nintendo was getting on the one, uh, Jeff Keeley's little thirty minute show, but um. Yeah, I just so so much, and it's like, oh, we're gonna show you the, all this gameplay and so much. But uh, Ubisoft, what we got? Uh, just Dance 2017, Ghost Recon Wildlands, South Park, The Fractured Butthole, The Division Underground, and Survival DLC, Eagle Flight, Star Trek Bridge Crew, For Honor, Trials of the Blood Dragon, Grow Up, Watch Dogs 2, and Steep. Um, I came into this just after South Park ended. So um, I heard Ghost Recon was kind of all right. So based on what I did see, though, my most anticipated uh, from this is I, you know what? It's going to be. Hmm. I have to think on this. I have to think on this. You know, I I think it's going to be for honor. I I do because that looked I didn't you know I think we saw more of that um during PlayStation's mm-hmm. um presentation but um that game looks like it looks like a, a a westernized version of Dynasty Warriors it really looked um pretty cool and close runner up to that would be Watch Dogs 2 I wasn't interested in Watch Dogs that much but watching this the gameplay they showed Watch Dogs 2 I was like wow this looks really cool I really like the flow of the game I, I like the main character. I really liked um, what they showed of this mission. Um, also, Steep is just HD ski-free, by the way. There's going to be a, a snow monster that will eat you. Oh, God. <laughs> um, my least anticipated, though, or what I could care less about, I guess, would be The Division. Runner-up yeah. is, run, runner is um, Eagle Flight. I I get that that's you know VR and you can't really get an idea it, you can't really demo a VR experience on on a single screen but I think I think not for the, that the game might not be good but I think they just did a horrible job of presenting it too like you would you would show a camera angle of someone flying in front and then all of a sudden they die and you'd have no idea like that what how are they getting hit 
and I think they really should have showcased people pursuing people from behind and showing how they attack the other players. It's a cool mm-hmm. concept, but I think it was just executed really poorly. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I was really hoping that we'd see Beyond Good and Evil 2, let's be honest. But it's rumored <laughs> that that's still, it's not dead. It still exists. Um, it's still in development. Uh, but, you know, overall, though, I think I, Ubisoft, uh, I think they did, they have the most, one of the more entertaining shows, the way they, they do it. You know, they have Aisha Tyler hosted two years in a row. I think I like that approach they kind of take to it, you know, instead of having one of their studio heads, you know, just kind of do a lot Stumble of chest speeding and go through <laughs> it. So I think that from that point, their presentations, because they have the great mindset, but execution wise, I mean, this thing, I, this was a, this was like a, I think it was over two hours. I mean, it was just a really long conference and maybe it was because I just wasn't that interested in it, but there are definitely uh, some great high notes to take away this. I wish I, I need to go back and watch the South Park section and actually play the stick of truth, but that looks from what I hear, it looks like you know you're you're playing through a long episode of the game, and plus, mm-hmm. how can you not like that title? But uh, <laughs> and and having Lavar Burton come out and have just the other uh, cast members from different Star Treks being involved in the in that that that's cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it is a, a good a positive show though. Um, I would I would. Based on what they'd show, I would stick that above the other third parties that we've seen that, that had been that been here. They have some cool g- games in the in the development. I I hate UPlay though, so if some <laughs> of the stuff makes me use UPlay, forget about it. It will. What about you, Luke? Uh, probably most now. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to actually watch this. I've seen yeah. some of the stuff, but I didn't actually do watch like the a conference. do like one of those five minute recap videos or something. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was hoping to find, but it didn't really recap it so much as just talk about it. So I didn't get to see mm. the visuals. But uh I know that Watch Dogs 2 uh that trailer got leaked ahead of time, I guess, and so yeah, I yeah, had a chance did. to see that. And I actually thought Watch Dogs was looked interesting. I've held off on buying it mostly because from what I've heard, it's not that great, and I didn't want to. I was like, "Well, I'll just wait until it's on sale or whatever." But what they're doing with the second one looks like they're gonna have fun with it, and you know, make it a little less serious. And so, I think that that looks like something I want to check out as far as you know uh, any of these other games go. It looks like something I would actually consider buying. I guess. Um, South Park, you know, like you said, I, I didn't mind Stick of Truth, but I think I could wait for that to go on sale. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. feel like I'm missing anything. So I would say Watch Dogs 2 probably is uh, just based on the fact that I didn't get to see a lot of this stuff. But that did stick out to me like, oh, they're trying to do better by this game. So that's good. Um, From a technolo- technological standpoint, too, like Steep has a lot of cool stuff going on, but it just um it's much more it's more of a hangout experience type game you know and just do your yeah. snowboarding and your skiing and stuff like that uh well and it makes me think of tea when i hear steep <laughs> i think of tea not not uh mountain um probably the least thing i could care i i would play any one of these games over just dance 2017 i couldn't care, oh, yeah. couldn't give two shits about that um so yeah that's my least anti anticipated for sure and then as a whole um from what from what i understand they managed not to make a fool of themselves as they've done in the past um yeah i feel like out of the publisher um 
realm of the show, they probably had the most diverse showing. Like EA, nothing there surprised me at all. Not surprised one bit by anything they showed. Bethesda, you know, they showed all of their stuff that... I mean, Quake Quake was about the biggest surprise, so a uh, step up there. But Ubisoft just has, you know, a lot of different stuff that would appeal to anybody. I mean, they got The Division, then they got For Honor. Uh, you know, those are like two completely different things. Then you got South Park. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I just feel like they have a pretty good diversity of of offerings for anybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought they did all right from what I understand of how it went, but like you said, way too long, way too. I would have expected something like Microsoft or Sony to go that long, not a developer, but such is life, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, I thought I had, while you were wrapping your thoughts up, I had something I was going to interject in there, but it's gone. So let's move along, move along. And that brings us to PlayStation. <laughs> and oddly enough, this was probably, this was my top conference of E3 at this point. Mm, I, I just blown away with what Sony, how Sony did it. You know, they really pretty much didn't bother you with, I mean, it's cool to get some of the developer diaries and commentary about things, but they were just like, here's this game. Here's this game. Here's yeah. this game. Here's this game. And it's just like one hit it boom hit after hit. So we had God of War, Days Gone, Last Guardian, Horizon Zero Dawn, Detroit Becomes Human, Resident Evil 7, Farpoint, Battlefront VR, X-Wing Mission, Batman Arkham VR, Final Fantasy VR Experience, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, Crash Bandicoot Remastered, Skylanders, Imaginators, uh, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, Death Stranding, and Spider-Man. <sighs> wow. There's a lot there. Um, my top from this. Who? Um, there's a lot to tough. choose from. There's, some, there's a lot to choose from. I think if I if I really look back and think of it, though, what I keep coming back to and how I want to see more of is Spider-Man. <laughs> I thought that yeah. looked so awesome. I think that has the potential to be crazy good. And my least uh, interesting from all this, just because it's Skylanders, it's just not, it's not my thing. But, I mean, there's so many cool things in here. You know, Crash Bandicoot getting remastered. Uh, I mean, that's, again, it's a trend of remaster, remaster. But there's so many, like, I, I missed the, I missed God of War, but, like, um, man, Days, Days Gone is right up there, too. Because I thought that gameplay, that game looks crazy good as well there, mm-hmm. there's like so there's so much good here like horizon zero dawn looked really interesting detroit becomes human looks really cool resident evil looks freaky that is not exclusive so um i don't think it so it won't be strictly vr i mean the battlefront looks vr experience is gonna be crazy i mean i'm not a fan of really a call of duty person anymore but what they showed looked like that until they until i realized it was call of duty and first they showed like the ships launching it's like oh this looks awesome and then <laughs> yeah um I think Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, I, I really want to get that. Um, fortunately, it won't be on Wii U. Um, I mean, it will be on Wii U, but I mean, I won't be getting on Wii U. This, I mean, there's mm-hmm. just, this was, there was just so many good things. This is unfortunately the part of the conferences that I hate the most is when it gets to Microsoft and PlayStation. And I seem to see it more around PlayStation is when my, my social media feeds get a little more annoying. But that's when we get the whole, oh, Sony won E. I hate the, the whole, we've talked about this before. I hate the, 
the one who won E3 conversation, oh, you yeah. know. But um, man, Sony had Sony. I think nailed it this year. I think they had. I think they have this, the most exciting. Like their exclusives, I'm more excited about than the exclusive Microsoft offered. And I can actually play the Microsoft exclusives. That's the thing. But, <laughs> That's true. You know, that Death Stranding looks weird as hell. We got Norman Reedus naked with a fetus or baby attached to him. You know, it's just like how pumped that crowd got for Kojima. I mean, so much. But I'm, I'm rambling. Lucas, what did you think? Yeah, well, you stole all my thunder. All my thunder is gone now. Um, oh, good. <laughs> no, you uh, my, probably my most anticipated. You know, gosh, that Death Stranding has got me intrigued for sure it's weird as hell but it it appears well like i said to you i said when i watched it it looks like they are just giving like kojima's giving the finger to um konami and said well i'm just gonna basically make pt or well silent hills as it was supposed to be anyway even though you're not going to and i'll call it something else and it'll just be kind of a um uh, spiritual successor or something. So I'm curious, even though it it bugs me that it was. I mean, he said it was all being rendered in real time, but it does still bug me that it basically ended up being a cinematic trailer anyway with no... I mean, it looked like somebody's awful nightmare or something. There was really no substance to it whatsoever but it was evocative so as far yeah. as that goes i am plus you got to see uh what's his name's butt um <laughs> norman reedus yeah norman reedus uh so, what, what was your what's your take on uh resident evil 7 i mean that's kind know, of a series that's the series that i've kind of done been done with after re5 yeah that's true uh well and then the the freaking horrible from what I understand, Resident Evil Six. I mean, that was basically everybody I knew said stay away, so I did. Um, I got to be honest; it doesn't look like Resident Evil at all. So maybe that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, it's weird to see it from a first-person perspective. Um, you don't really get it, you didn't get a chance to see any zombies or anything, which I guess yeah. is okay. I mean, you see that one, you saw like a lumberjack or something go by, but yeah, that's about it. But the sound, the sound and the graphics look are scary. So I, I miss, I miss the departure from the classic resident evil, you know, at, with resident evil four, we moved into the whole more like, uh, like an infected or, you know, whatever parasite controlled humans, you know, you gotta, oh, yeah, yeah, I miss, yeah. you know, I miss the actual zombies. Then we started moving more into the, like the, you know, people, the more people enemy, you know, I, I miss the, I miss the straight up zombies that we got with the original. Yeah. Well, two. cause you got like a lot of giant spiders and scorpions and weird shit like that too. Yeah. Um, and not the Las Plagas. Yes, yeah. the Las Plagas. That's what it was. Uh, my least favorite, or my least anticipated, probably. Now, see, that's pretty hard because a lot of stuff in here um, is is pretty interesting. But I'm probably gonna have to agree with you with Skylanders, just because it's Sky, like you said, it's Skylanders. But I did want to say you missed God of War, but it looks really good. Like. I heard that, like that's the big thing is they finally they went you know finally went to it with a different direction with it you know so yeah it's, it's very like, cinematic really looking 
Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Last of Us a little bit. And even he's, though and he's got a beard it. and he's old. He and he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, yeah, it was very cinematic and very um, kind of blended the gameplay in with the cinematics so that it just kind of flowed. And I, I really appreciate games like that because then you you get the story that you want, but you also don't have to feel like you have to sit down the controller and go, okay, I'm going to watch a five minute story cinematic thing. And uh, you know, I'll start paying attention again when I get, when I resume control of the character. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my overall impressions, I guess, or the show as a whole for me, man, like, like you said, I don't want to say that they won necessarily, but they definitely have been, I feel like they have been kind of like the E3, like the people to be at E3. Like if you were going to mm-hmm. point to somebody and say, all right, I want to be better than them, then it would have to yeah. be PlayStation to me because they are, they've got some strong showings and they also had a live freaking symphony orchestra playing, which yeah. I thought was cool. Which, which that was cool, was... especially with that Days Gone gameplay yeah. at the end, how it was synced to the game, like they had it matched up with the gameplay and that just looks, they did that for God of War too. Nuts. Um, that was Bear McCreary or I think, or uh, whatever his name is, I think, which does, um, does the soundtrack for uh, the Walking Dead TV show. Um, okay. So I actually knew who that was. I was like, oh, I've heard that name before. That I, I believe that's who it was anyway. Um, so weird dude, by the way, he was mm. kind of a weirdo. But uh, you probably missed him. I didn't even think about that. He came out before the yeah. God of War thing, yeah, so you probably don't I, even know what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, That's all right. I could pretend. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I really think that they're the people to beat at E3, and they have done that for a few years now. And like you said, I feel like if I was going to if, – if you asked me to go out and buy a console – right now but i can only buy one it'd probably be the playstation as it stands right now which is weird because i haven't owned a playstation in since the ps1 (laughs) so so there you go oh nice nice all right uh then we'll wrap it up things with e3 with what we saw today which is from nintendo's uh treehouse division i guess we'll lump into as well they had um a couple nindy announcements um yesterday with the we've got runbo coming to the 3ds um we've got uh jotun jotun or jotun which is like it was previously that's coming to wii u their valhalla edition which is an indie game that was also i think on multiple platforms with when they've got the wii u release coming and then they had the guys behind um uh, they have a game axiom verge is coming to wii u and then um their last one was uh Gosh, one of my oh the the studio that created Guacamole, uh, Drinkbox has mm-hmm. a new game called Severed that's has crossed crossed by between 3ds and Wii U. Looks like it's all playable on like the gamepad or on the 3ds. Looks really weird, really interesting. Uh, I'm particularly excited because cross by. I think that's great when I can buy it on one system and get it on both. True. Um, so okay, so we'll jump into Treehouse today, which started off. They had a hour of Pokemon. Uh, Sun and Moon, and then the whole rest of the day was dedicated to the new Zelda title, which we was revealed as Breath of the Wild. Uh, this is kind of easy to say. My most anticipated is Zelda. My least <laughs> anticipated is Pokemon. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say this though: the Pokemon game looks good. 
I mean, on the 3DS, I thought it looked like it looked really good. It looked like it was performing really well. The visuals looked good. The music sounded good. I just don't know, you know, Poke- Pokemon's not just, it's not, it's not for me, I don't think anymore. I'm just too... Is it because you're not 14? <laughs> well, that, I just don't think I can, I can play, I feel weird playing it now. Like, I've played, I have played a Pokemon game before, but I just don't. I feel like there's other things I'd want to play before this, before I would spend my money on it. Um, Gotta get them badges, dude. Yeah. Gotta beat those trainers. And and we don't have time enough time today for me to just ramble about Zelda. That looks amazing. I think I can't. I'm it. It does look like I can't believe they're getting it to run on the Wii U. And with that said, I mean it looks like it's running on the Wii U at the same time. If you understand, yeah. kind it's of what got, I mean. It's got I mean, kind of that high resolution but at the same time low resolution look like lower than what's going on with ps4 and xbox one but at the same time as a really bright and colorful look and it's got like you can see every individual blade of grass so it's not like it doesn't Mm -hmm. look good i think they just had to bump down the resolution to get it to run at a smooth frame rate but it still looks great yeah it looks like a a modern like it's what i would it's like if wind waker was made today yeah that's that's true that's what it looks like it's kind of like the step up from the remaster um yeah and it it just looks like a water painting or something in motion not so not so washed out water painty but just like the color Mm -hmm. scheme it it just looks like a beautiful painting in motion so yeah and i I really like what they've got like the changes they made to it and the, the mechanics and things like that but we're not breaking that down now um lucas i mean I'm I'm assuming you you kind of agree with what limited well, I'm, options there are there. Yeah. I I am kind of I'll just say that I was just kind of I feel like Nintendo's just doesn't give a shit about E3 really. Um I mean that's a really big thing to to announce is Zelda, but I feel like their priority is not in um this E3 show like the way that everybody else is. It's clear that everybody else spends a little bit of money. They each rent out a specific stage to do their thing in. Like I think was it EA that had, we're doing it simultaneously in two separate locations, one in London and one in the U S. So I don't know. I, I've, it's yeah. hard for me to get amped up when Nintendo's presentation is kind of a live stream and that's about it. But I also understand from like a business perspective, if they don't want to be involved in this, then that's their, I mean, that's their choice and that's fine too. So, um, I, I, it's not a, I, I guess I'll say this. It's not a positive or a negative. It's just kind of, it's just kind of different from everything else. So it kind of makes it a little more difficult to digest, I guess. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's tough because I think, it's cool that they're able to showcase so much, but at the same time, too, it really it's it's disheartening for the like they have a they're they're putting out a lot of mixed messaging right now. the The landscape yeah, for the Wii U is looking very barren right now. I mean, we've got some you've got some indie games, and they've got like you know, I think Paper Mario Color Splash was you know on the reveal that'll come out in October. But like for me, most of the games that I want to play that are Nintendo are going to be on my 3ds between now and in March when Zelda slated to come out. And then, you know, we still don't know anything about what NX is going to be or what it's going to entail. And just a lot of question marks going on, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they've stated that it's going to, ha- it's the same experience on 
the Wii U and the NX. So at this point, we just need to see what NX is. I was really hoping that we'd see some sort of review, some you know surprise reveals from Nintendo, but as of right now, we haven't. Um, so who knows? But uh, definitely excited for Zelda. I like the title. I'm totally geeked for this game, and I can't wait to play it. Uh, so I guess, you know, our, our best of show this year is unanimously is, is Sony and our worst of show is EA. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to say after watching it in both, uh, in Call of Duty and in Titanfall, who, who does grappling best? <laughs> they both featured grapple, grapple That's melee true. kills and stuff. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think, I think Spider-Man does grappling the best. <laughs> So that's going to conclude our 2016 EA Roundup. I mean, there is still some stuff going on this week, but let's face it, these are the main the main hitters on each conference. So hit us up on social media and let us know how we did. And what you thought. Uh, before we jump into the grab bag, a couple things I forgot to mention during the relevant uh, points in the E3. Uh, Nintendo also has uh, Amiibo. More Amiibo coming for... Uh, Zelda, uh, they got three specifically. Two are are Link, one of him shooting arrows, one of him uh, riding a horse, and then they have one with the Guardian figures from the game, which is actually it's going to be a posable amiibo, the first one that's ever been posable. Um, the Wolf Link amiibo is apparently going to work with the new game as well. And here's a blast from the past. Lucas, do you remember Hawken? I do remember Hawken. It's coming to consoles. Well, Okay, I feel be... like they should probably have a game to come to consoles before <laughs> they... Uh, for those unfamiliar, Hawking is a game that I've loved for quite some time, but boy, it has had a tragic, tragic um, development. But uh, yeah, it's coming soon to PS4 and Xbox One. It's a mech FPS shooter. Um, so interesting to see if it gets any new legs there. I liked it. We we actually played it for when we were doing uh, the community game nights. We played it that one time, but yeah, I don't. I feel it's been like silent, and I think people speculated that something like this was happening. So I wonder if they got acquired or something and couldn't talk about it, or I don't know. But I mean, they had comic books, and they weren't they making like a card game or something too. Yes, Something there's the like card that. game. Yeah, there's a card game that's out. There, I have some of the comic books, and then there was even talks of a movie. They just went um, way too far beyond their scope. Wow! And then basically, they blew through their fund. They had like, these big investors, and then they basically blew through their funding. And then there was all this doom and gloom of of dev dev members leaving. And there's no, I mean, the basically the dev team went dark for gosh, I feel like it was six months. I just loved the uh, the forum community to speculate and. Um, for what it's worth, I think it was it was actually a real fun game. It's just unfortunately when your game's in beta for like three years, it's hard to or Steam early access and whatnot. It's hard for hard to keep yeah. people interested. But that's that's a conversation from another day. If you ever want to, you know, you can probably go through. I think I have some old streams up on my um my personal YouTube of me playing a few things with it. But uh, shall we shall we grab bag it and get out of here? Sure. <laughs> so we actually have a grab bag today. Reminder yet again, Netflixation. We'll be back next week talking Goodbye World, independent drama. I did actually watch it. Much like the grab bag, it's a mixed bag. 
Uh, all right, starting off, I already mentioned that Denny and Kevin really loved last week's Netflixation. Uh, Denny did add that, Lucas, you pronounce Paul's bow perfectly, and that website was more circa 1999. He hasn't had their uh, yet. True. Pulse it was bow. pre. It was pre Y2K. Pre Y2K. Clearly. Uh, Michael McDonald had commented for you too, Lucas, on one of your questions. Uh, yes, HBO Damn. services make shows available at the time they air. You can watch Game of Thrones on Sunday night at 9 o'clock. What? You don't have to wait. I guess I know what I'm doing every Sunday at 9 o'clock. <laughs> right? This, Not this watching the, Game of Thrones until Wednesday. <laughs> this was the first uh, week I actually got to watch it uh, as it aired. Uh, no other shows got in the way. Wow. I win. I win. I like it. Uh, I like it. And we got a couple questions. Uh, Nathan. You all know Nathan. He has a Q4F. What is your favorite Indiana Jones game? Which console Ooh. was your favorite? Strawberries or raspberries, pies or cheesecake? Uh, favorite Indiana Jones game? It's not... Well, there's not a whole lot to pick from, really. Um, my favorite, though, is probably going to be... I, I, I've played them all limited. I want to play that uh, that third-person uh action-adventure game that came out on um, oh, I think X- Xbox. and No, that's a, a adventure game. Uh, the Infernal Machine, I think. Not oh, The Infernal oh, Machine. Oh, oh. Uh, Emperor's Tomb? Emperor's Tomb, yeah. It's on... There's a, Crystal Skull? Speaking of which, there's on good old games, GOG.com, there's a LucasArts sale right now. You can get those games. Is that I would still say, going? Wow. Yeah. I would say Fate of Atlantis is, uh, is my favorite. Of those. Um, my favorite console. Nice. Oh, boy. I'm going to say NES is still my favorite because that shaped me. If it wasn't for the NES, I wouldn't be a gamer today. Um, and I have some of the some of my best memories are back on the NES. Okay. Uh, strawberries and cheesecake. Strawberries on the cheesecake? Ooh, strawberry cheesecake. Boom. All right, your turn. Boom. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to have to be honest and say that the only Indiana Jones game I played was, I think I rented the Lego Indiana Jones game, because I hadn't, oh, yeah. I was I interested the in them. Yeah, so I was interested in them, and, but I'd never played a Lego game before, so I, I just rented it or something to check it out. Um, so that was pretty fun. Um, and then, let's see, uh, which console was your favorite? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one, but I would say Sega, but I think that the PS1 actually had more relevance for me now, whereas Sega was kind of like, kind of like Nintendo, Sega, and Super Nintendo were all things that I did as a kid that, that I wouldn't say I was a gamer at the time. I just played video games, if that makes any sense. Um, but then once the PS1 hit, it definitely, that's when I was more buying games and less renting them. And, and I don't know, I feel like that was more solidifying my, my gaming, uh, habits, uh, strawberries or raspberries. I got to go with raspberries, man. I, I, I love me some raspberries, uh, strawberries, the seeds. I, I don't know. Sometimes they taste weird. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to go with raspberries, mm-hmm. uh, pie or cheesecake. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with pie. I do love cheesecake. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But pie is good if too. you... Cheesecake's too rich sometimes, man. It's very thick. It's it's like 
It's like a cupcake with too much frosting on it. Uh, so been sliced, been sliced. That would help, <laughs> but most places don't want to do that. They want you to get your money's worth. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with pie, and specifically cherry pie, because she's my cherry pie. Sweet in the middle, looks so fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also feel All like questions. I feel like um. You kind of kind of nail it too with that Sega thing. I, I can kind of easily go the same way with that. Like Sega was definitely a lot of my childhood was spent on that as well. And then uh, you know PlayStation too. Like a lot of my I had a ton of games and a lot of my favorites are on that. So it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough to decide when you really take the time to think about it. Well, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, um, you know, Destruction Derby, just. Metal Gear Solid. There's so many memories of those specific games, and I think part of it's just because my memory was more, like I can more easily remember that time than I can when I played the Sega. Yeah. And speaking of consoles, our last question comes from Graham. Here's a, here's your mind a mind blown moment because this, I saw this as a topic on the Twitter sphere a discussion okay. of his Twitter handle because we always held oh. you know Gamix fourteen. Yeah. Well, apparently it's Gham Ox fourteen. For Gham was an abbreviation of Graham. Ox okay. is Oxford, and fourteen just fourteen. So how's that? Uh, I feel like you have decoded the he's, secret message. He's a damn cheeky Nando. <laughs> That's what he is. Uh, and his question is: What, if anything, would have to come from E three to convince you to buy a console? Here's the only way I was th- I was talking, you know, speculation with people in some chats during all these conversations. And here's how I would get a console, I think, is if eventually it becomes I if the the market turns into something that's uh like a cell phone and I could get the console for free and I would pay monthly for that console on top of my subscription service. Really? Yeah. That's a scary prospect yeah. to me anyway. It is scary. But then I, that's the only way because I get the console for free. <laughs> but it eases, yeah, it eases but, your. Yeah. Um, no, I'm because I I I'm thinking about where I'm at as a gamer, where I'm at as uh, an adult right now, and I don't, I don't, I don't. I think my days as a early adopter, a more hardcore gamer, are are numbered. I think and it's gonna as as I get older, as a family if it comes into a picture, things like that. You know, the, the gaming, video gaming at least, is going to take more of a backseat. And I think, you know, movies, hand handheld and, like, you know, tabletop, stuff like that will probably come more to the forefront, I think. Mm-hmm. More social gaming type things. Um, but, I mean, with that said, who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen. But for me, like, you know, you know, the easiest course of action would be, you know, keep upgrading my PC. And even now, I don't know how much I'm going to do that. Um but I mean, to really answer the question, I I don't know. I I guess it all it really it would have to be just timing and all the right bells and whistles to hit at the right time. Because I I have equal like for right now after E three, I have equally enough interest in in any of the the ecosystems right now. I think there's some awesome games, especially uh, you know uh, one specific to each each uh, each direction. You know, um, exclusive mm-hmm. exclusivity and and whatnot. Uh, clearly with Xbox 
I already can get that on the PC if if they you know I have not talking specs. I don't know if you know my PC is going to run these things. I would assume so, but uh, it would you know I can't say any one thing. You know a you know a price drop might be an attractive thing, but it would just have to be the right the right content at the right time to really get me excited. I can't say there's going to be any one one thing that could actually convince me to buy a console. Um, you know, with that said, I think for me, I, I've I've already kind of always hoping and kind of putting my eggs in the basket of NX that it's something I'm going to want and to save my money for. So, uh, it, yeah, I can't think of anything else that would really convince me. It's all it's it's tough. You know, it's 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 weird being at this point and being on the outside looking in and then trying to say what would actually get me in. But it's it's hard right now for me to 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 you know tell me any one thing that's going to justify to get me to spend you know, 300 plus dollars on one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I would probably say I, I would, if I was going to buy anything, I would buy a PlayStation four right now. So I already know that. Yeah. Um, what would make me buy one? Uh, if they announced two things, if they announced that they price dropped it to $250, I know that's ridiculous, but, I could probably swing $250 for a PS4. I, d- I doubt it'll ever happen, but I could do it. So that would be, if if I could go out and get a PlayStation 4 for $250 in a week, I'd probably have one. Um, because I just have so much money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, the other thing that might help as well is, and now this is con- con- controversial, I kind of feel like they need to move away from the $60 price point of video games, new releases. I would like to see them drop to like $45. I know that seems crazy because everything has to be $60 for some reason. That's like the price point that nobody agreed on, but that's the one that we got. But I just can't. I can't remember the last time I bought something full price, sixty dollars. I I can't even fathom it, it right now. I've been so spoiled by Steam and summer sales and uh, you know, flash sales and stuff like that. I just couldn't imagine paying sixty dollars for one game when I can go on Humble Bundle and get like at least five games that I might like for you know ten fifteen bucks. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well. And. I there don't think very the, few the, games. the industry can't support, I don't think, a $45 release, though. But is... you would have more people buying them, though, I think. You know what I mean? Like, maybe. Possibly. Maybe not. Maybe the difference of the amount of people who go from would buy a new game at $45 or even $50 to 60 it might not be enough to make up the difference. Mm-hmm. But just... That's just because the, like, the cost, like, the... the cost of the teams the cost of the development is right you know and the marketing and everything else is more expensive well, i mean it's I, I it's think, kind of amazing the games haven't gone up further i think well they used to be like 80 dollars in the n64 yeah and see that's the thing cartridge. that's the problem that's the stuff i don't remember because i wasn't buying games at that time but it's true like this is the most normalized for the longest period of time gaming pricing has been and that's I'm true sure, like, it was a lot more volatile back in the day i'm sure that they you know they have all their budgeting and figuring out based on projected sales of $60. But 
Because, I mean, somebody, they've been doing it for so long now that they can probably just compare it to another game of that similar genre or something and go, okay, if this sale, if this sells like this game sold, then we know we're going to probably make this much money. So that's probably why they will stick to that. But there's budget titles that come out for like 20 or $40 sometimes. It's just, I don't know, like with, what was it? Overwatch came out with a $40 um, mm-hmm. starter pack or whatever. It's just, yep. I can, I could swing that. I'm poor now. <laughs> like I can't over, yeah. over half of like, that's like I, my groceries. That's the other thing I hate. Look up, look up, um, Watchdogs too, and look how many different editions of that game there are. Oh, that's uh, that's yes, the other trend I don't like seeing that. is how many like we have all these different special editions and things like that. And it's like that's a stupid trend too. And like, and, I, and I've bought. I, I remember I bought like, I think Halo Three. I bought like the uh, I got like the hard book that came with like the DVD and some of the other stuff. So I mean I've bought in some of those before, but I don't. You know, I well you know what. I guess to each their own, because if you're going to offer, you know, like, for instance, with Overwatch, a $40 cheaper edition that doesn't have some bells and whistles, then I guess, you know, for the people that want it and have the money to, to, to spend on it, you should they should get something extra if they want it. So I guess yeah. that's an option, too, that you can look at. You can put out these special editions, these things like that to, you know, get a little more money for your game. And uh, yeah. But yeah, it's all about the money, baby. Yep. So basically, it has to be the right package at the right time. Well, for you, it's really it's just the right price. You already have the package, yeah. so yeah. I yes. I I just don't see my. I don't think I I could get. Well, it, it's a little different with with uh, PlayStation because with, with what I've seen after, with Sony's list, that there's definitely some more games I'd be interested in to to jumping on board with. But um, otherwise, for me, it's a little harder to. Like I've already, I've already kind of, I've kind of, I mean, there's a direction I already want to head in. There's an ecosystem I want to stay in. There's a, yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty tied to my computer already, so. <laughs> yeah, you kind of not something that happens. You've kind of entrenched, yeah. You've kind of entrenched yourself. Here's hoping some of that PlayStation VR stuff makes its way to. Uh, I know, like, well, because Resident Evil has been like the last up, I think from four on and then the remaster of the first one have all released on the PC at some point so you would think that they could you know yeah. do it for the Vive and the the Oculus right. Rift because by that point the touch controllers will be out and then pretty much all things being equal yeah, you can just develop for all of them. Speaking of Vive how do we miss uh, Serious Sam coming to VR? I saw that. I, I actually with the quote saw is, just... With the quote Oculus threw a fuck ton of money at him to not go to the vibe yeah. and they said screw you you know I'm, the more i see about oculus the more i i i'm a little worried about palmer lucky that's your practices. problem i think he's the only one who's not the problem i think facebook is the problem but, <laughs> uh you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do so they'll learn live and learn yeah. they'll either destroy what they made or you know stop being die trying fucked hards yeah that too so well well there you go well, is that is that is that the end of the show? I see. That'll do it. That will do it. So, uh, next week we'll be back with Netflixation and the sky's the limit from there. So, as Ooh. always, uh, if you want to follow the show, uh, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Some of the most active social media directions. We've got the website fluxtobuzz.com. 
Uh, you can rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. And beyond that, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back uh, next Monday with another Flux to Pose episode. So I was trying to do some Flux to Pose adjective, and it just didn't work. So with that, <laughs> good night, adieu, and we'll see you next week. That was fluxed amazing. Fluxed Doritos, fluxed potatoes. Flux delicious. Flux uh, Flux Dorino. Ooh. Uh Flux the uh... Yeah, I don't got anything. Flux Taco. Fluxometer measures how much flux flux, flux supposed is. <laughs> well, you gotta be careful when you say that because you might get misinterpreted. You fuck cycle. <laughs> <laughs>